What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode four of FPL Hotline. Joined as always by C4. What's up, C4? Hi. <laughs> and Taz. What's up, Taz? What's up? And Gash. What's good, man? How's it going? Before we get started, just want to give a quick shout out to a couple of guys here. Uh, Andy Kudrick, uh, Ali Postelan, and Mikola Kutsina. Uh, they, they asked me to do this, and um, I was you know under the influence, so I made a promise, and I uh, didn't <laughs> want to break that. So th those guys gave me uh, all the soccer knowledge I know, the good and the bad. So cheers. <laughs> they're big fans right. of the show. Huge. I hear they're huge fans. <laughs> oh, all yeah. right, so um, this week we're going to talk about transfers. Uh, we're getting close to the start of the season here. Uh, we've had a couple of big transfers in the last week and a half here. Uh, Chelsea are buying everybody on the market that's available, it seems like. Um, building a whole new team. Uh, so, yeah, you know what? Let's start there. Let's start with Chelsea. Uh, they brought in Kai Havertz last week. Uh, he's been priced at eight and a half mil. Uh, Taz, what are you thinking about that? You're bringing Havertz in at eight and a half? Um, I don't know how he's going to fit in Chelsea. There's a lot of what ifs about all these Chelsea um, signings they just made. Kai Havertz last season for in the Bundesliga, out of 30 appearances, he scored 12 goals and sets of six assists, which was pretty good for him. But like most of his goals and assists came after 20 after 2020 started, which he scored 10 goals and five assists, and that's where he played a more of a higher up role, like as a striker number 10, uh, not as like a winger as he played before. So you know, to me, it comes down at eight and a half million. He's good, but he's more of a risk because if he plays on the wing more, he won't produce as much. You know, I'd rather have Werner for a million more, or even Pulisic at the same price who's more, um, who's more set in stone. than you know what you're gonna get from him. We have some experience with him from last season, but also you know if it comes down to owning you know Howard's eight and a half, and then a five and a half uh, midfielder is your budget midfielder. I'd rather own ZH for five million less, point five million less, and then own like a six million found uh, midfielder. That's just my take on it. But I know yes, other too. guys are big on him. Right, right. C4, what are you thinking? I kind of agree with Taz. Of there's a lot of what-ifs with Chelsea now that well, it's, it looks like their transfer business is done up front and they're attacking in their mid. I personally, like, I like Havertz just looking at him, but I'll probably wait to see how it shakes out between him, Pulisic, and Ziyech in terms of which one goes into my midfield. I'll start with Warner, but as for adding him or any other Chelsea midfielder, I think we'll wait. So you're starting without a midfielder, but you'd consider any of the three of them, depending on how it goes? Yeah, I think maybe once I use an early wild card, I think Herberts would probably be the one I bring in, but I'd like to just see how it all plays out. Right, right. Uh, Gash, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a really solid player. I think this is one a case of one of the transfers that it's, um, you know will help out the other assets on the Chelsea attack um, from a fantasy perspective. Um, and I, although I don't think Havertz will be rewarded for it through fantasy points, if that makes sense. Um, Lampard likes to play a like a fourth. It seems like he's trying to play a four three three with uh, you know one kind of midfielder sitting deeper and then two um, number eights that are more attacking. And Havertz himself has said that he prefers like the, the, the number eight role to like a number 10. So he actually plays, you know, a little bit further back. Um, he likes it more. Um, so I think it'll be, you know, probably Havertz and Mount in those two number eight roles. And then, you know, either like a, a Conte or maybe a Kovacic rotating in there sometimes in the holding midfield role. So I think him playing the, through the center is where, really where he shines. Then you have, um, as these guys have mentioned, you know, like Ziyech and, and Pulisic uh, uh, coming off the wings and Werner through the middle. So I really think it'll help it, you know, uh, 
their their attack you know become a lot more fluid. Um, although he might he might get a lot of you know pass before the assists rather than direct assists or goals. Right, right. So you think he's more of a real life asset than a fantasy asset? Yeah, yeah, right. And I would keep an eye on you know the other Chelsea assets a little bit more now um, with adding right. to the team. Right, Taz. What do you think? The thing is that now with like signing of Kai Havertz, it's coming. Uh, and then Pulisic comes back. It's gonna be more of like a um, like Chelsea's turning into like a Man City where you're like all these players are, like at a rotation risk. You don't know who's gonna exactly be nailed on, and uh, you know it's something that is not gonna be as bad as Man City where you can't predict stuff. But uh, you know it's something to be like. I believe it's better to wait on for it and see what who's in form and who's actually like starting and like producing for the Chelsea attacking. How uh, I kind of feel like waiting for that as well. But how how long do you think you're gonna wait? Like three, four weeks, or maybe more. Um, I think it depends. I know, I'm not so sure when uh, posters are supposed to get back, but even then, um, I have to see, like, you know, if uh, you have to see like how much Frank rotates. Uh, Frank, like for most of last season, what he was kind of like a manager where, like, he um, if he got if he was winning with his side, he would keep that side for the like the next game. So if that's right. the case this season, then you know who, who the nail nailed on players are, and they're performing well, then you know. Two game weeks is more than enough, but it just depends. I feel like there's too many what ifs going into the season with around Chelsea. Gash? Yeah, I don't really think it's a case of too many what ifs. I think, um, you know, the players, Havertz is always going to be a nailed on starter unless he's performing terribly for the money they're paying for him. You know, I can't ever see, you know, Havertz being benched unless he's playing really, really awfully or he needs a rest after a long stretch of games. Um, I really think that, you know, he was he's being brought in as like a their, he's their marquee signing, you know, of this big window. And so I think they're going to try to focus, you know, everything going through the attack around him. And then I could see it more with their argument with Pulisic and Ziyech on the wings, um, you know, who's more informed. But I don't, I don't think Pulisic, I don't think you could drop Pulisic right now once he comes back from injury based on how he's playing post-lockdown. And, um, you know, Werner kind of the same. I, I, you're always going to start Werner over Olivier Giroud and, Tammy Abraham, so um, maybe Sia could be the, the one to watch the most, but even then, I think he's still got a spot pretty locked. Yeah, good point about him being the marquee signing. Did he end up being the most expensive player in Chelsea history? I know he was close. Um, I it was between it was between him and Kepa, right? Yeah, I think I think they paid more for Havertz than Kepa. Yeah, and I, I love bringing up Kepa too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh, that's great. Um, yeah, so Chelsea. Uh, brought in all these attackers where they definitely needed some help on the defense. And that's where they brought in Tiago Silva, uh, a little bit older. Uh, I believe he's 36 now, right? Turning 37 this year. 36 um, in a few weeks. Well, so is he 36 or he's 36 until he turns. And then plus one. Yeah. Um, so are you guys considering him at all? Uh, Gash? No. Um, short answer, and I think the reasons are, you know, pretty simple. Uh, like we mentioned, he, he's old. I don't really see him, you know, uh, adapting too well to the league. I think he's, you know, slowed down a lot, and he can be almost eaten alive. I think, I think, I think he will shine as like, you know, more of a leader in the back for Chelsea. Um, but as an uh, uh, FPL asset, I don't really see him having much value at 5.5 million versus, you know, some other defenders. You could get Doherty for half a million more, or even. You know, some of the 4.5s that are cheaper with, you know, might get you more points. Yeah, I think he'll actually do a decent job uh, in real life, uh, you know, kind of locking up that back line and helping be a leader, like you said. But I don't see many, many attacking returns, many points in fantasy wise. I don't think he's enough to sure up that defense by himself. 
I mean, we know they signed Chilwell, but we'll get into that in a second. But uh, Taz, what's your opinion on uh, Thiago Silva? Same thing as Gash. For five and a half million, I'd rather get a, another uh, either upgrade to Dahti or even go for like a wing back like Erwan Bissaka or even Tierney from Arsenal. I just feel like, um, you know, center backs at that price, not too well. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's rare to get a center back at that price. C4? I mean, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but to me that just adds another what if. Like it seems like there's so many Chelsea defenders now, and I couldn't confidently say what their preferred back four is when you just think of all the names they have back there. I also want to wait and see if they do end up bringing in that new keeper from Liga before considering one of the Chelsea defenders as an asset. That's a good point, but you'd have to think that Thiago's nailed in the back there. I mean, yeah, I'm more just started about, the Champions League final. You know, yeah. I, I guess I'm more concerned about when you look at now you have what? Barnes, Alonso, Aspi, James, like there's Rudiger, Zuma, like what's what's the four? And as we said, Lampard's someone who likes sticking with the winning combination when he has it. So I'm just really interested in who that is. I think he's also someone that doesn't mind winning a game four, three, three, two, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm personally staying away from Chelsea defenders overall. But let's get into another Chelsea defender here. Uh Chilwell recently moved from Leicester uh last week. Um what was it 50, 50 mil was the final yeah, fee? 50 million, yeah, 50, 50 million pounds for Chilwell. Uh, a bit overpriced, but you know, that's that English, that's the English tax that you pay. Uh, Taz, what are you thinking about Chilwell? Um, see, this is one of like the, we mentioned before in a previous episode where like you look at a team and if you're not going to want to start off a risk on a player like Chilwell, but if you see, you know, Chelsea's performing well, a couple of game weeks in, and you see like you know they're keeping clean sheets, they're tidy up back in the back, and playing solid defense. Then you, that's somebody I could definitely consider. Somebody I put on my watch list, but not start the season, especially since he's also kind of injured right now. C four. Yeah, it's to me just looking at him, and then looking at all the other fullback options for Chelsea, and looking at the transfers they brought in. It makes it attractive once I know who the attacking returns are going to come from in the Chelsea defense. Because if you look at that offense, it's going to be so explosive. Someone needs to feed them. So if it happens to be him, James, or Alonso even, I'll definitely want to have one of those in my team eventually. I thought they were trying to move Alonso out. Is that is that still happening? Or are they going to I mean, to yeah, but <laughs> if you look at their lineup, no one knows what's happening. Like, right, it's a right. lot different this year with preseason. Like, we don't have a set lineup of who's in and who's out. You can't really judge last, I think, week and a half now, preseason friendlies with all the international competitions happening. Right, right. And especially Chelsea have pretty much a whole mm-hmm. new team. So we'll see We'll see what they do there. Gash, how are you feeling about Chilwell? Yeah, um, he's still, I'm, I'm not really considering him at this point. Um, I think, you know, the biggest question I have about Lampard is, was it really the players last season in the back? Or is he just, you know, not really up to, up to par in terms of coaching and defense, you know, and into a really organized shape. Um, I think Chilwell could prove to be a decent player going forward. Um, but I remember there was a, he was also dropped um, for due to his form at one point last, uh, last year for Leicester. Um, so he's not immune to, he's not, you know, an extremely consistent player like that. Um, the one thing, uh, the one reservation I'd have mostly is, you know, the, the goalkeeper, if they do end up signing the, I think Mendy from the is who they were looking at. Um, yeah. Mendy. So, yeah. So if they do end up signing that, that'll make me that make me feel a little bit better. But I still wouldn't want a Chelsea defender at the start of the season. 
Yeah, makes sense. Um, all right, let's move on from Chelsea here, unless anybody has any final points. You guys good? All right, yeah, so let's move on from Chelsea to uh, to Everton. So uh, Everton made a couple of big moves this week, uh, signing James Rodriguez and uh, Allen. From, um, <clears throat> so we don't know Hamas's price yet, but um, we can kind of guess. We were talking a little bit before we recorded. Uh, we're kind of anticipating between eight and eight and a half, I think most of us were saying. Uh, so are you guys considering Hamas and kind of give us your prediction for his price and at what price you would consider him, if that's applicable? Uh, so Gash, you want to start us off with uh, Hamas Rodriguez? Yeah, I, Hamas Rodriguez is a, a hell of a player, you know, from the, the World Cup in 2014 when he kind of first burst onto the scene and then his couple of years at Real Madrid, he, you can really see the quality he has. Um, I think he's a player who can really, you know, unlock another team's um, defense. And with the way Everton are, you know, it's not like um, if he if, if Hamas is playing in a Real Madrid, you know, teams typically sit back against Real Madrid or higher teams like that where it might be harder. Um, so I think playing at Everton, he'll have a lot more space to operate in, you know, in like kind of the number 10 role um, with, you know, runners flying past him. So he could really, um, uh, you know, have a, a really productive season. Um, I put him um, personally, I think he'd be 8 million if I had to guess. And I don't think I consider him at that price. Um, I, again, kind of like I mentioned with Havertz, he seems to be to be more of a player who will get, you know, some goals and assists, but his biggest value will be, bringing up the Everton team around him and might make, you know, someone like Richarlison a, a more uh, viable asset than he had been before. Would you consider him at a lower price? Like some people are estimating maybe he'll drop to seven and a half. Some people are even saying he'll be seven. I don't see that happening, but would you consider him at a lower price? Yeah, yeah, definitely. If he were seven and a half, um, then I, I think he'd have a pretty good shot of getting into my team. Yeah, seven and a half is the number for me too. If, uh, if he comes in at seven and a half, I think I'll have to, especially considering when you look around that range, you got like, William at eight. I definitely expect Thomas mm -hmm. to have a better year than William. So yeah, right. If they're priced yeah. similarly, there you go. Uh, Taz, how you feeling about Thomas? Um, kind of same page with him as Gash. Uh, you know, for I believe he's gonna be around like seven and a half, eight million. Eight million is probably safer bet. But um, if he's at seven and a half million, I also consider him. I think um, you know, the signing of him and what's and Allen doesn't like. I'm not too interested in the transfers themselves and Allen and. Um, Hamas, but I'm more interested in now in their strikers of Richardson and Calvert Lewin, who are priced at eight million and seven million each respectively. And I believe that, like, you know, now um, with like a better midfield, more creative midfield in Hamas, I could see you know Richardson putting away or getting more chances and putting away more chances as well. So like that's somebody that now goes into my watch. The same thing with Calvert Lewin, who is at seven million. You know, just to have. 7.5 million more than some of these other, uh, you know. A cheap budget options that we're considering that I believe, you know, now with like a better midfield, something to keep a, an eye out for. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, C4. I mean, I love the transfer. I think he'll do well if he's at 7.5. It's definitely someone I would want to have in my team. I just think when you look at how many viable midfield options, it's not necessarily realistic to try and get him into your team, especially if he does come in at eight. Like, are you really, Way choose him over someone like Ziyech who plays in an explosive Chelsea offense. To me, more so, the benefit there is it makes Charleston and DCL a lot more attractive as attacking options, which I think is where the bigger payoffs would come. If you look at him now feeding the ball to those two, I think DCL becomes a very viable option in that same uh, hemisphere as like an Antonio. And when you look at their fixtures, throughout, I guess, like the first 
12, 13 weeks, if he gets settled quickly, it's, I think that's a good move to bring in for uh, Everton attacker. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, all right, let's move on from Everton here. Uh, let's move over to your favorite club, C4, Newcastle United. Uh, y'all made some good signings. Uh, we got Ryan Frazier and Callum Wilson uh, this week. So let's start with you, C4. How you feeling? You buzzing about the new signings? I'm really happy today. Yeah. You, I, you I, it, man. <laughs> I mean, when you look at going into a season with either Joe Ellington or uh, Andy Carroll as your starting striker, I think you're happy when Wilson signs for your team. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with, I just want to shout out, I think the best marketing propaganda for Newcastle when he said he signed in part the movie Goal, which is the reason why I became a Newcastle fan. His son <laughs> watches it and he loves it. Uh, but getting into more why we're here in terms of FPL with these two, mm-hmm. uh, I joke about it, but when you start looking at a four-man attack of Wilson, Frazier, Almiron, and ASM, that's starting to look a little like viable, cheap options. I think Wilson and Frazier will come in and around the 7 million mark but to me i originally had asm in my first draft of my team but i was getting worried of oh who's like who's he going to interact with offensively now you have another two people or another two players to enter that bunch and i put asm back into the draft of my team i personally don't see fraser and wilson at 7.0 doing that well from an fpl perspective for players but he'll boost someone like an ASM or an Almiron who are at a cheaper price point. So right now I want to ask you while you're uh, excited and possibly a little delusional, what do these signings mean for Newcastle United? What, what place do you think they're going to finish real quick? Came in, what, 14th last year? Uh, 13th, uh, I believe. 13th last Burnley year. was 13th. Okay, never mind. Uh, I think this combined with – Newcastle traditionally starts very poorly to begin the season, but this year, you know, a shorter break, better fixtures to start off the year. Christmas is hell, but who cares? We'll cross that bridge once once we get there. I'm looking at 12 to 10th because to me, wow, these, ambitious. Oh, oh. <laughs> what they finished like? Didn't they finish 11th the year before, uh, Brucey with? They were I just thought you were gonna say. I just thought you were gonna say something a little higher. I, I wanted to ask mm, you today. No, I thought you'd be. Say, I thought you'd say like eighth, maybe. To know. me, what this means though is, I don't think uh, Mike Ashley is the one spending this money. I I think this is signaling that someone's telling him, "Hey, we're still going to try buying the team, but we'll cover any transfers you make now to keep the team in the Premier League." Could be, that's, yeah. That's what I think it means. I, what do you think Newcastle's finishing higher than like tenth to twelfth? No, absolutely not. I just thought maybe you. Were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being uh, yeah. a fan of a sh- keep going, keep going. I just going to say, being a fan of a shitty team like Newcastle or even in Canada, like uh, the Make Beliefs, <laughs> teaches you to be really uh, cautious with your expectations. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a Knicks fan in the NBA, so I definitely get that. But let's uh let's move back into FPL here. Uh, Gash, how are you feeling about Frazier and Wilson? 
Will they yeah, be a so, deadly combo? So for, first, let me say that C4 makes these little headlines scrolling across the bottom. It's a pretty accurate description of, uh, you know, how he's feeling about these transfers. Let's read it. Let's read it for those listening. In. It says, uh, yeah, it sure. Says, so it says, <laughs> right. I got it. It says raining cats and dogs in Newcastle. The tune signed Frazier and Wilson. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's, that's one that's of the just, other headlines I've ready. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Looking at the players, um, I think it's, you know, I, it's, it's a big question mark at the moment. You know, while we're recording this episode, we don't have prices for either of the two. Um, I think Frazier will come in a little bit cheaper than Wilson. Um, I think Colin Wilson had that run of, you know, games at the start of last season where he was on fire and then didn't really do too much afterwards. Um, I If he's priced somewhere, you know, the 6.5 to 7 million range, there aren't really too many, um, you know, strikers in that range right now. So it would make it really interesting. Um, you know, any of your like Mitrovic's and your uh, Adams and Bamford are all like 5.56 million. So it's just, you know, another um, aspect to consider when you're building your team. Um, I think that, um, you know, ASM, Fraser, Almiron and Wilson all going forward could actually gel pretty well. Um, Fraser does, he got a lot of assists, you know, a few seasons back to Wilson. Um, I think typically at Burmouth, he kind of played off the wing rather than like a, than like a, a central creative role. So we'll see how that, you know, that affects because ASM and Almiron both like to play off the wing as well. Um, so we'll see how they can, you know, kind of work together if they can or not. Um, but at, for the moment, I'm, you know, staying away. Um, but if Newcastle start getting into form, you know, I could look to pick up on those two guys. Yeah, yeah. Taz? Yeah, I agree. Um, personally, I don't think um, this is another case where like the transfers have bolstered the, you know, the other – players already in the team uh i would consider an asm more now because of these two transfers no it's kind of how like c4 mentioned before you're thinking like who is he gonna you know play along with where is he gonna get like his returns from but now wilson was a more um he's not a top goal scorer like ings or barter came but he he is known to score goals so i believe you know he'll help out um that newcastle's team and i'm more interested in asm uh, for as in for wilson I see him coming in like around like that seven million. Last season he came in like eight million and then dropped down through the course of the season. I think like to just like seven point like three or four. So that to me just shows he's gonna just be um seven million, I believe. And then Frazier, I can see him six and a half, seven. Um, I believe for those two players that price range, there's somewhat better options, but I definitely considering more considering ASM more now. Yeah, kind of like the one thing I would you know. If there's one thing to kind of remember about each player, I would say Fraser. I don't. I don't think he's played a game since March because I don't think yeah. he played post lockdown. He refused to sign a new contract with Burnmouth, so it might take him a little time to get to match fitness. Mm-hmm. And then C4, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so I know Colin Wilson got the number nine for Newcastle. Um, did, was that Joe Linton last year that had that? Yeah, and so to follow up on that, it's kind of a joke on the Newcastle subreddit. We don't know where he is right now. People are speculating that he's in quarantine, but like Joe Linton, at mo- yeah. At the moment, we only had Andy Carroll in the preseason playing striker. Are the so, rumors of him heading out? Anything? Concrete? I mean, uh, no. Which is like the surprising part. Like you would think there would at least be some sort of update, but right. nothing on that. His numbers taken away. It's mm, like right. that's a big <laughs> sign right there. What, yeah, he was a forty million transfer last year. Like you're not getting yeah. listed that. So I could see maybe a loan there. But, yes, just following up on one of the points you made, 
like you talk about, oh, Frazier hasn't played since since March, so it's like a concern. But you you don't say the same thing about like Zietchu, although he was training, he hasn't played a competitive match since lockdown. No, I think I think that's an important you know consideration as well. Um, I, I the one thing I would worry is that you know if, if Fraser is uh, you know almost like the mental state um, because you know he refused. So the way I understand it is he refused to sign the contract extension at Burmouth to you know mm -hmm. for the, basically the lockdown. And then you know Eddie Howe said, "All right, well I'm not picking you anymore." So you know it, I you know I, I don't know if he's you know typically one of those players that something like that would affect him. Um, or not, but it's just something to, to think about um, when, you know, starting off the season. So maybe not an option week one, but something to keep an eye on, name, mm -hmm. name to keep your eye on. Um, yeah. Sure. I just want to take a quick 30 seconds here for uh, a word from our sponsor. All right, moving from C4's favorite team over to Gash's favorite team. Uh, Manchester United last week signed uh, VDB. Uh, I was going to try to say his name, but I didn't want to mess it up. Gash, what, how do you say it? So it, it, a lot of people are going to pronounce it Van de Beek, but I think they the correct way to pronounce it is Van der Beek. Okay, so Van der Beek, um, does he fit into your FPL team? Why don't you start us off, Gash? Um, he does not. He's in my FPL team in my heart, but he's not going to be in my actual <laughs> FPL team. Um, and there are a few reasons why. So I think um, he's priced at $7 million, which I think is actually pretty fair. Um, he was signed as uh, cover for Bruno and Pogba, so he can play in that number 10 role and then more of the number 8 role that Pogba plays, you know, sitting back as the um, not the deepest midfielder, but not the one the furthest forward. Um, he, you know, gets into when he does play, he gets into the box a lot and, you know, gets a lot of chances and um, scores and, and, you know, assists a lot as well. He had, um, oh, I have the numbers right here. Uh, last three seasons, he had 28 goals and 21 assists in 91 matches. So that's about a return every other game. Um, I think he his biggest, you know, um, uh, plus in terms of uh, FPL could be if, you know, if Bruno or Pogba get hurt, um, he would be the, the guy to, to step in and become the starter most likely. Um, so he would be, you know, he's, like I said before, he's priced at $7 million, so he'd be really good, you know, like a, a Bruno backup to have there if Bruno is, uh, you know, does suffer from a long-term injury. Um, but at the moment at 7 million, I think I'd rather just have spend the extra 0.5 to have green, Greenwood in my team, you know, if Sancho doesn't end up signing for United. Mm -hmm. So you don't think there's a chance United try to shift into a three-man midfield with the three of them, with Pogba, Bruno, and VDB, or you so think it's just think, a backup? Because that's I an think, expensive backup. Right. Well, I think I think one of the things was, you know, he's if he weren't if they didn't sign him, then the backup to Bruno would be Lingard or Pereira, and those are two What's players. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> um, I don't think uh, if they could play a three-man Van de Beek, uh, Van der Beek. My apologies uh, to any of our Dutch listeners. Um, Pogba and Bruno midfield. I think that would be really too unbalanced. Um, so I think I could see them doing a four-man midfield diamond with, you know, Matic at the base and then Pogba and Van der Beek um, playing in the middle and then Bruno is like the attacking midfielder. Maybe, you'd do like you know, depending on the game. That could be cool, yeah. Taz, what are your thoughts? I think just for the price, it's a little bit too expensive. Maybe, um, you know, if he's more nailed on and you can, you can see like how they're playing the diamond uh, formation, as Gash mentioned, maybe that I'll consider him, but for seven-man, for somebody that's not nailed on, it's uh, too much of a risk. Yeah, it's tough. I was really surprised to see him at seven, honestly. Um, C4, how do you feel? Uh, just before this transfer, I was pretty high on PVB just from my uh, FIFA 20 career modes. 
So <laughs> I, I was a little shocked to see him go to United, considering even reading more stuff after the fact. Like, apparently he has a ridiculous record of drawing penalties for his club, which based on how United that makes sense. last year. That's why, that's yeah. why United signed him. Yeah. There we go. That's so, it. <laughs> just talking in Gash about this uh, during the break is, could he potentially force Ole to create a system under a 4-4-2 arrow? Because I, I, I just think he's too talented to be sitting on the bench in comparison to Greenwood. You already have two talented strikers at United. You can create a really solid four-man midfield. I just, if he does get nailed on, or like I said, if a Pogba or a Fernandez get injured, I think he's the most attractive United midfield option. All of a sudden, to have him at seven point million, I'd love that. Oh yeah, it'd be really, really easy to to if Bruno were to go down to transfer him out for for VDB, or if you had Pogba, the same thing. But um, say even yeah, for if right now. He was- even if he no, was going. like not because of an injury, if he was just starting, I would strongly mm-hmm. consider just going Bruno straight to him or Rashford straight to him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, any final thoughts on VDB? Love him. All right. Let's move on to uh, a Wolves signing. Uh, looks like maybe a replacement for Doherty or maybe a replacement for uh, Vinogray. Uh, Marcel, right? Marcel, maybe. I don't know. We don't know how to say it. But uh, just got added. He's Portuguese. Um, yeah, how do we feel about him, uh, Gash? Um, so I think he, I looked at uh, you know some of his numbers earlier today. He is 5.0, um, which I think is pretty fair based on you know Wolves' defensive record last season. Um, he hasn't been starting at wingback um, beforehand, so he played mostly at the the left center back slot and a back three and a back three or back five, you know, if you consider the wing backs part of it. Um, so I don't think he would be necessarily a threat to um, Vinagre playing out on the left um, or, you know, Johnny with, when he returns from his ACL injury. Um, I think his, you know, like I said, mainly is like center back cover in that spot. Um, he's also 31 years old, so he's not really too much of a, a long-term solution. Um, I, I really do think he's just, you know, in there just in case of any uh, emergencies happening. Um, and the last thing I would say is that, you know, the other thing you want to keep in mind is that Wolves have had a lot of, like, you know, pieces moving around with Doherty leaving. Um, you know, there are rumors about Vinagre moving uh, away to Porto and then Alex Tellis coming in, in an exchange. Um, so I would stay away for now. Just, you know, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, Alex Tellis is another uh, FIFA career mode beast, if any of you were wondering. Um, but yeah, that'd be interesting. So a lot still going on with Wolves. Uh, a very attractive to de- uh, defense to have, but uh, hopefully they get it a little more sorted out in these next five days because I want one of them. I just don't know who. I definitely need to get into that Wolves back line. Uh, Taz, how do you feel? Um, I would – Vinagre is somebody everyone's been considering for his price in the back uh, Wolves lineup. Uh, same thing with me and – uh, in terms of like, I want I want Vinagre, but uh, if there's too much you know commotion going on with the transfers and if he's leaving and stuff like that, it makes me a little bit more hesitant. But um, I think I'm still sticking with Vinagre for the price and you know, if somebody's so cheap, it would suck to have to use a transfer to transfer him out. But um, I'm planning on just having like two, four and a half uh, million pound of players just to transfer in and out depending on the game week. So I'm still risking out on him. Yeah, yeah. C four. I'm just going to put it in the ring. I think the proper pronunciation, Markel, 
I kind of like that. I think it's, yeah, I like it. Sounds nice. Does it have the little squig squiggly thing under the seat? So. That's pretty easy. I right? have no idea, but like if he's coming into the Wolves defense and Vinegar is coming out, I need to give a new name to someone there. Uh, yeah. But I don't really have an opinion on him just because if I'm looking at my template for my defense right now, I don't really have room for 5.0. And first thing I actually did this morning was take out Vinagre from my defense just because of all these rumors flying around. Like Taz touched on, it really sucked, to, especially in that game week stretch from two to four, to have to use a transfer on a defender. It's part of the reason why I think Wolves was so attractive last year from a defensive option besides Doherty was there were so many sub 5.0 options that you could add. And now I don't want to take a risk on the only one who might start. You can't do an easy transfer to another one. So for that reason, I'm out. Shark Tank, call me if you want to sue me for using that line. But <laughs> at this point, I'm, I'm not touching Wolves defense. Yeah, it's going to be something that I'm going to keep a really, really close eye on in these next five days. Uh, like I said, I really want to get into that Wolves defense if I can, but it seems really messy right now. Uh, it seems really messy. So let's move on from the Wolves uh, over to Leicester, Leicester City. Um, another tough name to pronounce, Castagne. Uh, <laughs> Castagne? <laughs> I don't know. Um, how do you guys feel about him? C4? Uh, well, so I looked up the pronunciation for his name before adding the banner. And sounded like mm. lasagna. So, like, I think it's pretty cool to have your last name right with lasagna. But uh, apart from that, I, I mean, I hate to turn this into about my team. I'm just but. seeing. I'm just seeing the banner you got, <laughs> Timothy Castagna. Does his name rhyme with lasagna? We can't tell. Is that really the banner you put, man? That doesn't. What does that tell about him? <laughs> I mean, he's coming from the Belgium league, so it'll be tough to see what his exact uh, turnover is in terms of how he translates his talents to the Premier League, but in terms of how this affects the rest of the Leicester uh, team in defense, again, took uh, Justin out of my team this morning because of this. It's just mm -hmm. we're having all these defender transfers come in that are ruining some of the 4.5 options for those top 6-8 teams. And, you know, if he's coming in and he's taking over that left back spot where Justin could have played once prayer came back. That's another transfer. I don't want to have to waste on changing out a Lester 4.5 yeah. defender. Yeah. My defense looked so set like two weeks ago and now, now I might be mm -hmm. a completely different defense. Uh, Gash, how do you feel? Um, yeah, I think the biggest impact is, you know, Castagna, if, if that, that's how it's actually pronounced. Um, is is five point five million? Um, so I think the price is a little off putting to me. You know, with better options at five point zero or four point five. Um, from what I've seen, I don't know how true this is, but you know, looking at some of the you know what people have been saying about him, he can play either side of the back four. Um, so he's you know I, I think it's a signing by them that'll really help them with you know uh, depending on how Pereira's long term injury goes. I think he's supposed to be back and uh, out until like late October, early November. Um, so if anything, you know, the thing that this does is really makes me question more, you know, bringing, uh, Justin at 4.5 million into my, uh, into my team, um, you know, with the risk of being rotated more, you know, not even getting as many minutes as we thought he would. Taz. Yeah, same. Um, I think it's another thing to see if, you know, if he does maybe 
plays in the right back role, and then um, not, uh, Justin plays in left back or vice versa. You know, they, they fit them both in. Uh, I think Justin's pretty good at uh, his price. Otherwise, I'm not consider anyone from Leicester for their defensive assets uh, at their current prices. I just think there's better options elsewhere, as mentioned before. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on one final time to uh, to Arsenal, to mine and Taz's team. Uh, Ceballos uh, is back on loan for another year. Uh, I would have liked to see a permanent transfer, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about FPL value. He's priced at five mil. Uh, any consideration? I know he did really, really well uh, post-restart uh, under Arteta. He played a crucial role in the FA Cup run and everything. Seems to be – I mean, Arsenal are linked with uh, uh, Party and Arar. Awar right now. I don't know how to say that either. But, uh, yeah, so Arsenal got some midfield links, but it does look like Ceballos is meant to play a big role. But is he going to play a big FPL role, Taz? Um, I just think players like him don't score that many uh, point, FPL points just because they how far they how far back they play. They're usually the pass before they assist. So, I you know, that would kind of um, turn me off from him. But for $5 million, you know, that's pretty cheap for if he's nailed on to start every week, you know, comes down to would you rather have like a Sabias or like another budget midfielder in that area? And, you know, maybe if Sabias in form and having those, you know, assists every other game type stuff, then I'll definitely bring him in. Somebody to keep on my watch list, but not somebody I'm going to start off the season with. Yeah, he he does seem to be playing more of that number eight role, but uh, there has been some talk of him maybe sliding up to more of a number 10. We'll see if that happens. But uh, Gash, how are you feeling? Yeah, um, I'm not really too interested in, in Ceballos as, a, as an FPL option. Um, I think, kind of like Taz mentioned, for that, you know, for the price, I think there are, you know, um, players I'd rather have in my team just to, based on how, you know, how far back he plays um, from where I'd want to see him on the field. So if he does move into a number 10 role, then that's certainly one to keep an eye on. You know, feeding Aubameyang could be uh, a really um, helpful thing for uh, an FPL player to have. Um, but otherwise, right now, I'm, I'm not considering having him in my team. C4? Uh, I think kind of like how Taz touched on, like there's, you know, you have ASM at 5.5, you have Armstrong in there, you have Suchek if maybe he comes back from uh, quarantine. I, I don't see him as a consideration for my FPL team, but man, like the way, <laughs> the way Arsenal and Chelsea are building this year, I, I could see a London team winning the Premier League. It's scary. Uh, that's what I like to hear. Hopefully it's the red one, though. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, I kind of feel the same way about Ceballos. Um, you know, I think he's one of those players that's just better in real life than in FPL. Um, yeah, so so I'm going to know for Ceballos right now. Uh, so let's move on to, uh, you know what, real quick, I just wanted to touch upon uh, William. He's at 8.0. Um, any worth there? Uh, he brought back more. He created more chances at Chelsea last year than any Arsenal player did last year. So, um you know, there's some talk of him playing that number 10 role and possibly feeding Aubameyang. Uh, 8.0 is a little high for me, so he's out for me. But, Taz, how do you feel? Um, well, he's somebody I'll have to watch to see if he starts regularly and um, how much, what kind of form he's in. It's somebody I would put on my watch list, but not start the season. Gash? Uh, no, he's not going to be on penalties or, pro and I mean, maybe set, uh, you know, free kicks at Arsenal, but at least not penalties for sure. So that's it's no. Yeah, uh, C4? Yeah, I mean, like, if you look, there's a track record of Brazilian Chelsea players coming to Arsenal and performing like absolute shit, so no, he's not going into my team. 
All right, I'm going to ignore that comment and uh, move on to uh, to fan questions. Uh, we got one fan question in this week. Uh, as always, the day of recording, we'll uh, post on Instagram and Twitter that we're looking for fan questions. So uh, hit us up then. Or as always, you can call the hotline. Uh, there's a link in our bio. You can leave us a little voice message. And maybe we'll even play your voice message on the show. Uh, so shout out to uh, Jake underscore O underscore S30 on Instagram. Uh, Jake asked... Um, Oh, hold on. Let me wait for the banner to come back around here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Jake asked, who is your go-to captain? And out of the four of you, who will mess up their captain choices the most? Uh, love the question. Love the question, Jake. Um, Taz, you want to start us off? Uh, for me, a lot. Oh, so, firstly, who's your, who's your go-to captain? Let's start with that. Yeah, uh, my go-to captain. Uh, last season, it was mostly KDB. Uh, this season, I can see either KDB or Salah or any really of the premium fixtures, a premium assets being uh, viable captains. But I think for me, it's going to be KDB and Salah. And then... Uh, Gash? We'll do the second question. Uh, second later. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I had to pick one, it's got to be Salah. You know, just really consistent the last couple of seasons. And I, I think it's... Just, you know, I don't want to try to get too cute and mess it up. It's just, you know, it's got to be Salah. C4, are you going through with that set and forget captain idea you told us about? Probably, but if we're talking who my go-to captain is when they're nailed on, it's Sergio Aguero. Wow. All right. Uh, and mine for the second half of last year was Alba. Before that, it was KDB. Uh, so probably going to be one of them again. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to say KDB um, will be mine. And then who will mess up their captain picks the most out of the four of us? Um, I don't think anybody's going to vote for themselves, but let's, uh, Taz, <laughs> what do you think? Uh, my thing, I think C4 will mess up. Oh. It's not mess up is the most, but C4 is the one who goes for the biggest, uh, high risk, high rewards. Last season paid off more than uh, you would expect to. So I feel like this season is going to catch up to him and he's going to have a lot more, uh, you know, bad picks than, uh, just going safe. The luck's got to run out sometime, right? <laughs> yeah. Gash? So I think, um, Tomo, I think you're going to, you know, mess up your captain picks the most because of your tendency to, you know, miss setting your lineup. But I think the interesting thing to look at is in terms of, you know, setting lineup and uh, setting your lineup and picking the wrong captain. I think that's going to be C4 um, because, you know, just like Taz <laughs> said, he goes for the, the explosive options. And I think he's going to try to look too hard um, into some choices and then, you know, end up considering for hours and then picking the wrong one. Yeah, uh, C4, you agree with uh, th these opinions? I was, okay, Taz, who last year was a risky <laughs> captain choice that paid off for me? Come I on. I remember you captain, you, you captain Guerrero and I have terrible fixtures, oh. and Guerrero just like scored. You know, th those aren't very safe picks, but you, yeah. I mean, you did captain oh. Saul last game week of the season that cost you our mini league, so maybe uh, if it cut off the already. Just to correct you there, I did not choose Son. That just happened when I set my deadline, or sorry, my team too close to the deadline. I wasn't able to pick a captain because of all hell breaking loose with the Liverpool leak. Uh, but in terms of responding to that, I would just say everyone's talking about me reading too much into captain picks, spending hours picking one when for all four episodes now, I've said I'm looking at a set and forget captain, meaning I won't be looking <laughs> well, at it. But that's, that's because of mistakes you've made in the past. 
I mean, I, I don't know this offhand, but I'm like, like, I think my captain picks did really well last year. I think that was because of like good insight. Like, well, no, why wouldn't dumb. you captain Sergio Aguero? Well, I think you captained him against, uh, uh, I, I'm making this up kind of, but I think it was against two top six teams. Yeah, it's almost like Sergio Aguero's fixture proof. But okay, moving on to my answer of who I think is going to mess up their captain pick the most. Gashery said Tomo because of the setting a lineup thing. I think that's kind of a boring answer. Uh, I'm going to go with Taz. I, I think his any, top any reason? finishes have been mm-hmm. lucky as hell. And I think uh, all hell's going to come <laughs> raining down. So okay. when we talk about triple captains and captains overall, my, my captain's way outscored his. I believe it. I know it. But we'll see it in writing soon when we finalize our triple captain bet. And everything's going to be good. Wait, wait, right there again. You guys talk, oh, overthinking captain picks. I've already said triple captain first week out of the way. But no, you guys want to wait, plan it out, strategic double game week, good fixtures. Like, everything you're you guys say. Your mind. That's not overthinking. Not. We're not, okay, I'm, not, I'm not thinking about my triple captain yet. Man, the best advice I can give is don't think. Yep, don't think. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's how I play FPL. Um, <laughs> let's, let's see where C4 uh, um, finishes this season. Uh, and just just for the sake of uh, everybody getting chosen, I could see Gash messing up his captain choices a lot. Uh, you know, he thinks he knows it all in the bottom left corner of our screen right here. He always talks about <laughs> his, with his glasses and shit. So, um, yeah, fuck you, Gash. I think you're going to make the most captain mistakes. Um, Can't yeah. wait to finish in party right. again, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you got lucky as hell last time, man. Um, all right. So, yeah, speaking of mini leagues and finishing above people, join our mini league. Uh, as of recording, we're at 49 members. Let's make it an even 50 and let's keep going up from there. Uh, so the link's in our bio. Make sure you call the hotline. Uh, stay following us on all social media. We'll be recording another episode real shortly to come out later in the week. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. And, yeah, uh, everybody have a good week and uh, good luck setting your final teams. Uh, later, Taz. Later, Gash. And later, C4. Thanks for being here, guys. See ya.